I'm Josh Boaz. I'm Matt Zucker. There are a lot of podcasts featuring top executives. But what about the next wave of leadership? The makers and the doers. The ones we're all going to work for. We wanted to meet them. Find out their story, how they got to where they are, and what they see coming for everyone. This is a spotlight on those on the way up. This is Rising. Joining us on today's episode of Rising, we have Molly Kerpiet. Molly is the VP of Product and Operations at Eagle Lending at First Republic Bank. She's primarily focused on driving the growth of the student loan refinancing product and leads the product, business operations, data engineering, and one of the sales teams. Prior to First Republic, Molly was an early employee and director of product at SoFi. She excels at building teams, solving problems, and working cross-functionally. Molly holds an MBA from the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth and and a BA in history from Yale University. Also, as a former U.S. sailing team member and collegiate All-American athlete, Molly continues to compete nationally and and internationally in sailing. Welcome, Molly. Welcome. Thank you. So, Molly, maybe you can just start off by letting our listeners know, you know, a little bit about your career path, what brought you to, you know, to where you are today. Sure, sure. So, um, my career path early on was um, pretty non-traditional. So when I graduated from college, um, I was a very competitive sailor. And so I decided, um, to, to see if I could make it to the Olympics. And so I did, um, an Olympic campaign for about four years. Um, yeah, I did not make it to the Olympics. Uh, however, you know, many great lessons learned and I, um, after some time decided to, um, that I wanted to go back to, to school and, uh, enter the, the business world. Um, and so I went to business school at, at Tuck, at Dartmouth. Um, and then, um, from there, uh, I had the fortunate opportunity to, to come back to San Francisco and, uh, join a, a brand new company at the time, SoFi, which was um, refinancing student loans and um, kind of had a great ride there for a couple years. Um, and then First Republic was thinking about um, starting to also do student loan refinancing. And so I was uh, recruited uh, over to First Republic to start um, our student loan refinancing program. And so I've been uh, at First Republic for about five years now, um, and uh, have just really enjoyed continuing to to grow here. Great! I, I, you're our first uh, Olympic or you know potential Olympic athlete that we've we've yes. interviewed. I'd love for you to, <laughs> I, I, and I know you alluded to you, you had some lessons yeah. from those those uh, those years. Could you uh, maybe share a little bit something like what you discovered and uh, kind of striving for that? Sure. Um, you know, I I think one of the the most critical things um, in in any athletic endeavor, even an individual one, um, is really how to how to be on a team mm-hmm. and how to um, appreciate um, what different people bring to the table and how to trust them. So I was I competed on a two person boat um, and basically married to that person. <laughs> um, but you have to do your job well and really trust that that they're going to do well at their job and support each other 
um, both kind of emotionally and physically and, um, you know, and, and then also more broadly build the, the right support network a- around you um, between coaches and physical trainers and nutritionists and sports psychologists and, and all of that. So the, the idea of how do you assemble and perform on a team, I think is, is a really valuable skill that I, I lean on, um, you know, a lot in my career now. Was it a, a risky decision for you at the time to kind of pursue the, the Olympic path? I mean, I'm sure your contemporaries were going off and starting jobs and, you know, did, did you come about that lightly or was it, there's a lot of uh, deliberation involved? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I think when I, I was, you know, 22 or something and, and young, um, and I don't think I fully appreciated the decision. I was, what I was giving up. Mm-hmm. I knew that I, I loved sailing, that I had a reasonable shot, um, at, at making it to the Olympics. And I, I knew that if I, you know, didn't do it, then it was going to only be harder to, to do when I was older. And so, um, I was just really excited about, about that opportunity. And it, I would, and of course I had friends go into investment banking and doctors and lawyers and, you know, all of the typical paths out of Yale. Um, and, uh, but it wasn't until like four years later that I started to, to see how far our paths had, had diverged, um, whether that was in, you know, some of my friends had graduated from medical school and, um, or, you know, had actual retirement savings <laughs> and a career, um, you know, built that, that I didn't. Um, and so that was part of my decision to, to go back to, to school and, and build a, a more long lasting career. When you decided to go to business school, did you have a career path in mind? Um, what you wanted to do or did, how, how did you decide business school? Yeah. I didn't really know. <laughs> um, yeah, I and I didn't even know all that many people who had gone to business school, but it was more of a process of, of elimination. <laughs> um, and I had a few good mentors, um, that, you know, help gu- guide me there as well. Um, but I, I didn't have a good sense of what making the decision to go to business school. It was a process of elimination. I... <laughs> had many friends who had gone to, to law school and medical school and knew that was not something I wanted mm-hmm. to do. Um, and I, I liked the idea of, of building things and solving problems and working collaboratively. And I think, you know, I, I now more fully appreciate like that is really the, the core mm-hmm. of, of what you do kind of in, in the business world. So I'm really glad that I ended up there. <laughs> And did you find, you know, in business school where you, did you find yourself disadvantaged at all of of not coming from like, you know, four years of work or, you know, was that kind of like off the job training, learning to say, you know, practice sailing, was that enough or did that even put you ahead of maybe some of your, you know, your classmates? Yeah, I think that I, I was definitely lacking some, some like tactical skills that you're needed. Like I did not know how to use Excel or PowerPoint or, um, you know, basic kind of 
business concepts um, that that you learn, uh, you know, in a typical office job, um, or some of the lingo about what happens on Monday. You know, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> happy Monday, office lingo, thank God it's Friday, like, yeah, yeah. office lingo, TGIF. <laughs> um, but I think I had some of the the soft skills, and I think what's hard is those some of those soft skills don't. Um, you don't leverage them or they're not as valuable until you're a little bit farther in your career um, in terms of how do you assemble the right team around you and, um, and, you know, drive a group towards a goal mm-hmm. and um, uh, some of, some of those things aren't, aren't as valued. And so, uh, at that point in kind of everyone's career development in business school. Yeah. And then moving on from, from business school, you know, you went to SoFi, you know, successful startup, but a startup still was, did you find, was that a risky move for you or did you, were you like, you know, do you know you want to go into the startup space or? Um, so it turns out it, it can be hard still to find a job, uh, when you haven't had a traditional job prior to business school. <laughs> um, so it was, I knew I wanted to be back in San Francisco. I, um, I was really interested in the education sector as like an industry. Um, but I, I wanted some like business experience. And so, um, it, it kind of checked a, a lot of the, the boxes for me. Um, and they had an internship posting. So I actually just took a, a summer internship, uh, after I graduated, uh, from business school. Um, and, you know, I, uh, there was no formal role. And so every day I just kind of came in and tried to figure out how I could add value and no one really was telling me what to do. And, and finally, after a few months, they're like, ah, oh, you're kind of helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I was able to convert it into a full-time role. And, um, you know, even within that though, in, pure startup fashion every three to six months I kind of moved roles within the organization because the the needs would just evolve so rapidly um you know at the beginning I was doing more of a marketing job and then we ran out of money to lend um so there was no no need to to go market to to new buyers (laughs) um so that it was you know everybody's in a fundraising mode of working um to to get more capital um to to lend and so i kind of shifted into the the capital market space um and then eventually a few more permutations ended up on on the product side very cool and then now and then in first republic it's your your basically eagle lendings a startup within a you know a very large bank what's that like what's that navigating that and building something from scratch yeah. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, in some ways being part of a, a broader organization and building within a broader organization is easier. You don't have to worry, um, about, you know, I've never had to worry about running out of money to, to lend at first Republic. <laughs> there are certain variables that, mm-hmm. that do not, um, have to cross my mind, but, but there are, other challenges of, well, we've always kind of done it this way or that 
that doesn't work at First Republic. And so I think, you know, one of my initial learnings um, was to was coming from, you know, SoFi, which was all digital and, you know, pure tech kind of company to kind of an old school bank. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, like we need to move all digital. (laughs) What are we doing? And um, you guys are idiots. (laughs) Um, I don't think I said that directly, but (laughs) the thought was there. Um, And luckily I had a, you know, good manager at the beginning who's like, you know, helped align align me to to what first republic was really mm-hmm. good at and to to figure out how to um appreciate what made the broader enterprise really successful and then find ways to to leverage that into to growing the new product um you know coming from a couple of years of just doing student loan refinancing i was very familiar with the the end client and what what they would want from a product, um, but the challenge was how do you how do you build that product that's different from SoFi and that and the other competitors, but also kind of draws on what makes First Republic special. Yep. Um, I just want to quickly circle back on something. When you were at Yale University, you were on the varsity sailing team. So what I'm curious is how you managed to juggle being a college athlete and schoolwork and what time management skills you learned at that time that you utilize in your career today, because that's very impressive. I just was a college student and I was overwhelmed. So I can't imagine, (laughs) you know, being a a varsity athlete as well at at Yale University. It taught me a few lessons. One is to prioritize what is most important to you. And um, to, to me, I wanted to get a good education and, and do okay in school, but I, I really wanted to excel at sailing and, and had that opportunity to, to do that. And so I, you know, focused and spent actually more time sailing than I probably should have. <laughs> um, and, you know, having that kind of clear prioritization around what is, what is the most important to you. That's not to say you won't do the other thing, but is really saying I'm going to focus on this and excel at this. And if I do a little worse at, at academics, that that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the other thing was that I was never going to be able to do everything. I was a history major. And so I think you can take what, four classes a semester typically, and each one would assign a full book to read a week. Mm-hmm. And it was important it was going to be impossible. There was no way to read all four (laughs) massive history books in a week. Um, And so how do you decide, you know, how can you get something out of each one Mm -hmm. of them or just say, ask a friend for some notes or get the clip notes or (laughs) find the shortcuts to to get what you need to get out of each thing and make sure like I, I did care about learning and wanted to learn from all of those classes, but finding ways to to get around <laughs> the pure volume of work because it was going to be impossible to do yeah, they, <laughs> when sailing 40 hours a week. Yeah. They say, um, don't work harder, work smarter. <laughs> yeah. Like, sounds like you did that. <laughs> yeah. Cliff notes make a lot more sense in the business world, yeah. don't they? <laughs> once, yeah. once you're working, it's like, 
<laughs> Why doesn't everything have yeah, cliff notes? Yeah, shorten it. Um, right? <laughs> so I, I just, back to your current position. So you, you manage multiple teams, you're building a business. How do you keep learning? Like, how do you, you know, are these, are you just, are these the skills you've picked up at business school or do you, you know, how else do you kind of keep, keep adapting, keep learning, keep developing yourself? Yeah. Um, well, I, I have a, I love learning. <laughs> um, and so um, I think that I bring that passion to, to everything I do. I am constantly reading articles and listening to podcasts and, and um, trying to absorb information that way. But I, I think the, the primary way that I continue learning is just through asking questions mm-hmm. and um, noticing or being really aware of of what's going on around me. Um, and so I think I, managing a lot of teams and, and people really being aware of, oh, when I did this, there was this action or this person reacted this way and taking each interaction as an opportunity to, to learn and uh, improve the way, the way I communicate or deliver a message um, or make a decision. And so I, I really see learning as part of what I do each and every day. One thing I'm, I'm curious about is you have been part of many teams as an athlete, um, and I'm sure you experienced a lot of coaching and now you manage a team. Um, so I'm wondering what advice you have for um, building teams and um, building successful teams and also managing them. And I'm wondering if what your if your advice came from when you were an athlete or if that at least inspired it. Um, but just any insight you have on that, I think will be beneficial for our listeners. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of the critical things is understanding what people are really good at um and that may be different than you and most likely is different um and a- appreciating what they're really good at and um you know part of this does come from sailing in, in college where i had some teammates that i didn't always see eye to eye with um and my coach helped me uh see that their differences were what made us actually a really great team. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think the more you can appreciate and see the positive, even when <laughs> you may be having conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think the the other big piece is to, to learn to trust people to to do their role and play their role and not try to do their role when they're not doing it well but rather find ways to to support it and there there are examples of how this like physically comes out on a boat <laughs> um <laughs> you try and like grab something that somebody else is doing <laughs> that doesn't go well um but it it also happens i see it in the business world where you maybe have somebody struggling in a role and instead of understanding why they're not doing something or why they're not doing it well, you just take it over and do it for them. And I don't, that never gets to the optimal outcome. Yeah. That's great advice. Good things to keep in mind. Okay. On this section of our podcast, we do a thank you note, which is thanking somebody who has helped you get to where you are today in your career. So who is your thank you note to? 
Yes. Um, I would like to thank my college sailing coach, uh, Zach Leonard. Um, Zach has, uh, you know, kind of been there for me for the past 20 years of my life through lots of ups and downs, but I, I think, um, he's really taught me a lot. And I think one of the the best lessons uh, he taught me was to focus to to focus and learn to enjoy the process of getting better mm-hmm. and to not focus too much on the the result the result will come if you really enjoy getting better every day um and you know this applies to sailing or work or, or really anything and so um I'm a very competitive person in case that wasn't evident yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that's not my problem. My problem is like, how do I focus on the right thing and not get ahead of myself and get into my head? And I think if I'm just focused on improving all the time, um, it, it's really helped me continue to get better at everything I do. That's great advice. Yeah. I love that. Enjoy the process of getting better. I like it. So now we will do uh, top picks. Um, I actually need a minute. Do you have Do you have something teed up? It's like a book app. Okay, give me a second. All right. Hard for us because when we do multiple ones, like you can only run out of stuff. (laughs) Run out of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got I got one actually. Okay, let's just check my list of stuff. All right, I can tee it up. Mm So now it's time for top picks, and this is where our, our we and our guests uh, share a book, an app, a life hack, anything that we think would be interesting uh, to our uh, to our listeners. Uh, Maddie, you want to start us off? Yes, um, my top pick is another book, and it's another book that's been out for a while. So I'm again behind. I keep picking books that have been popular like years ago, <laughs> um, but it's called When Breath Becomes Air. And it's about um, oh, you guys are nodding. Like, yeah, it's it's old, but um, I I read it. I was on vacation last week and I read it, and it was very motivational. For those of you who don't know, it's about a neurosurgeon who's in residency and got diagnosed with um, lung cancer, terminal lung cancer, and so it's just about his life and what he's learned while facing death. So it's a very sad book, not not a happy book, but um, good life lessons, and I recommend it to everybody. That's a good one, Molly. Any picks? Yeah. So. Um, I have become an avid podcast listener, um, partly because I have a dog and so we're always walking and podcasts yeah. are great to, to listen to when walking the dog. <laughs> um, and I, I like some some of the really popular ones like The Daily and How I Built This, but I um, have rising. really come to... <laughs> and rising, of yeah. course, yeah. <laughs> my favorite. My I can't believe that hasn't been a top pick yet. <laughs> wow, that's weird. <laughs> Do you want to sound like too much of a suck up? But, <laughs> um, but I also um, really like the podcast HBS After Hours, um, and it's with a few um, Harvard Business School professors, and they kind of just sit there and and talk about what's on their minds. They bring um, different topics to the table and they will vary from business topics to political topics or just, you know, what's going on in the broader world. And um, I just enjoy hearing hearing them speak. And um, and they also do top picks at the end, which I... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> which I also they stole it. Enjoy. Yeah, no, well, 
that they took it, it from us. It, we no no well they they've been around a little bit longer we know they were our inspiration for it i i listened to it after hours quite a bit so oh, awesome so it's a uh, imitation is a form of flattery yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a great one um so so mine is an app um and actually it's it's from a website called the the information which you know has has it's been a great it's a great kind of up and coming source of new you know news especially tech news and uh business news but they put out an app just called uh, tech top 10 um and it's great it's just kind of like a quick way to kind of see what's happening and usually it's, it's what you know like the most trending articles from uh you know from their their bigger publication but uh yeah i just so I, I put it on my home screen on my phone and i've just been kind of good way to just kind of quickly get a, a pulse of what's happening in tech very cool Right. So we want to thank Molly for uh, being on this episode of Rising with us. Molly, where can uh, listeners uh, find you online? Yeah, um, on LinkedIn, uh, Molly Kirpiet. Great. 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 Thanks, Molly. Thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thank you. Our theme music was created for us by Movers and Shakers, a really cool creative studio who use original music and dance to bring brands to life. It's such a fresh approach to telling a brand story, and their work really engages emotionally with consumers. In fact, they recently won a Webby. You can watch their videos for Match.com, Little Tykes, and others on their website, Moversshakers.co.